0: I'm Leilani Farha and I'm the advocate. And I'm Frederick Burton and I'm the filmmaker. And here we are, Pushback Talks, season 6. I don't know which episode. <laughs> but we're turning the tables. Oh. Are you ready, Frederick? I'm, I'm going to sure. interview you. Sure. You're going to be not sure. Me. Can yeah. the director be interviewed? That's the question course uh, that's also a part
1: of you know finishing a film that is you actually have to talk about it for a there long time people ask me what are you doing right now which is like a very classical social question which I really hate to get what are you doing because ah, uh, nobody's really had the time to listen but now now you will put me questions and I will answer the best I can
0: yeah it's a very exciting time you have a new Film coming out. It's about to be premiered at CPH Docs, a major documentary film festival in Copenhagen, and then it's gonna go off to Prague. It's called Breaking Social. Mm. Congratulations. That's a huge that's a huge thing. I know how hard it is to make a film.
1: <laughs> uh, it is three <laughs> years later. Yes. It takes some time.
0: Three years it later. T- took yeah. longer
1: time this time this year.
0: Yes. For obvious reasons. Mm. I take it, the pandemic, but maybe we can talk about that later. Yeah. I don't want to start with, let's not start with a virus. <laughs> We're not going to start this interview with a virus. No, no thank you. No. Yeah. I think that I've seen Breaking Social. I've had the pleasure. I've seen it twice, actually. And I think it's a film of our times. I, I feel like it captures something really essential about what's going on right now. I call it upside-down world, and I think one of your characters does too. This yeah. upside-down world where those who play by the rules lose mm. and those who break the rules win, right? Yeah. That's, yeah.
1: that's that's the title, the breaking of the social contract. I mean, the, the rules we follow and the winners don't. It's very, it's very provocative, this reality, isn't it? So we live in a society where we're continuously being told that if you follow the rules, if you do well in school, then you'll be fine. We call it meritocracy. That those with the most merit, those who work the hardest,
0: they'll be rewarded. And
1: it's basically a lie.
0: Tell me about the social contract as you see it.
1: I mean, for me, it's like it's the thing that we teach our children, you know, in some ways, you know, to be honest, to be good, to be kind, be kind to animals and to plants. And and then we, we grow up and we should wait in line in the queues and uh, we should uh, elect the government and we should obey the, law, the the laws and we should pay taxes and we should be good citizens and we should... Weighted red light and you know all the, all this stuff. Yeah, that we most of us really try hard to follow, but I mean, also the the, the alternatives are not really there. You of course you can try to cheat a little bit somewhere, but it will never be be for real. You know, compared to to those who can split their identity into five different tax havens and uh, you know it's like it's they create this kind of very strange patterns that you you can't really follow them. You don't know how much money people own.
0: Yeah. And it seems like, well, one of the things that you just said about the social contract is, you know, following the rules. And one of those rules is, for example, paying taxes, Mm. right? I mean, you know, in fact, my daughter, Cleo, she's 20. She just got her first remittance from the tax man's asking her, like, she needs to pay her taxes. And she came to me and she said, oh, my gosh, I got this form. What do I do? And she was all nervous, you know? And I'm like, yeah, that's great. We will sit down and we will pay your taxes because that's what you're supposed to do. And, of course, your film is very much, Breaking Social is very much about people who who not only don't pay their taxes uh, but get away with it and it's a whole way of being. In lots of ways, I wonder if... Breaking Social is kind of like related to Push the Film. The converse, Does it come out of what we started to learn in Push the Film? Um, it seems like a similar conversation.
1: No, it, it, it totally is. But, but for me, it started even earlier when I did Bananas and I, when I got sued for that film. And then uh. I made this film called Big Boys Come Bananas, which is then partly about what... So I, I was... I, it was about shifting the focus, you know, the Dole food company attacked me instead of admitting that they poisoned their own workers. Um, so it's like shift the, shift the technique of shifting the focus is also the technique of uh, investing money into change legislation. You know, the lobby, change the rules of the game. That's what the lobbyists do and the strategic communication people do. So, I was already touching it in, uh, okay. in Big Boys Come Bananas. And there is a character in this film uh, who is already in uh, Big Boys Come Bananas. So, that's the, the strategic communications man you will see in the film who is out fishing at night in Surrey, England.
0: Yes, Sven Hughes, his name is, right? Yeah, so
1: so I got to know him uh, when I was doing uh, Big Boys Come Bananas. And then we've been in contact over the over the years. So he also been giving me insight into this very hostile world of, of strategic communication. I mean, he has also been working in the election campaign business
0: Yes. Which I want a- to I want to get to Sven Hughes, but yeah. I want to wait. Yeah. I want to wait. wait. I I want to ask you this. So one of the things I know about a lot of your films, not all of your films, but a lot of your films is you you like going global, zoomed out travel the world and show you show us the patterns that are happening around the world and you did it in push for sure Mm -hmm. it's kind of how i exist as well as you know i'm wondering like in this film so where do we go we go to malta small island we go to uh, west virginia and new york in the united states Mm. we go to chile very much it's a very important part of the film Mm. and we almost go to Afghanistan (laughs) Mm. (laughs) almost we don't quite go into Afghanistan but we certainly get a window Mm. into Afghanistan Mm. can you tell me what you think are the main patterns you're trying to expose as you're jumping from these places um I
1: think it's I mean basically this story that part of the story is about the super rich, you know, about the people with most money and what they do with the money. And sometimes the the classical investigative journalism, the Panama Papers and so on, which is an amazing, amazing work. But the journalism sometimes coming out of it is what these super rich do with their money. You know, they buy jobs, they have golden toilets, they have... You know, it's like it's. It becomes. Oh, I also would like to be super rich. Oh, I will have all these babes on my yacht. You know, it's like it becomes a <laughs> little bit of. Um, and I think that kind of story is not so interesting to me. It's yeah. more the the power they have with that money, and you know, we in in push we talked about Blackstone, and and you and I have been we we, we been. In this podcast, we talked a lot about Blackstone, and we know that um, they invested in Trump's campaign, for example. Yep. They invested money into fight uh, AOC in her local community. I mean, right? But they also buy they buy congressmen, they buy senators, they invest in their campaigns, and what do they get in in return? Legislation that's what they want they want to change the rules into the nitty gritty details to make it easier to pollute to make it easier to not pay taxes or you know it's it's an industry of of shifting politics in their way and i yeah. think that's sometimes hard to understand from the outside so i think that's the, for me that the most important things and this is not an us story only because this is also existing in sweden or in canada or in chile or in everywhere people invest money into shifting the focus away to shift the 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 public conversation the explanation models for how to solve our problems but then also into legislation
0: yeah i was i mean in fact i think in breaking social, when we really start first getting the feeling of that is through this wonderful expert you bring in, Sarah Chase, who's been on Pushback Talks. People can listen to that episode. And she talks about the networks that exist. And then Sven Hughes also ends up talking about these networks of power, but she talks about it in Afghanistan you say this isn't a US phenomenon. And exactly. I mean, she witnessed it firsthand in Afghanistan and and how broad the network is. And she says it's a it is, in fact, a global network of very wealthy people controlling legislation. And I mean, I think that's a huge takeaway from the film. It's almost incomprehensible to just the average person right you don't we know that politicians have power we know that people with money have power i don't think we know how these things coexist
1: we know that politicians are not that powerful with, without the support from these guys because they can make them win an election and they can make them lose an election yeah. and so when and they when they get support to win the election they also have to pay something back and that's, most of the time, it's, it's legislation yeah. So, and of course, this is a, a huge challenge for our democracy You know, and I think this is something we have to talk about and that's why I also really want to do the film. I've been touching on about, I mean in Push, we, there is a story about uh, with um, uh, Saviano, Roberto Saviano, the Italian um, mafia writer, um, he explains the tech tax havens, you know, the place where legal and illegal capitalism meets and merge. That's a mm. very central part. But this film is like maybe taking that section out wider also to to understand this kind of the the global um, the global capitalism where the criminal money and the legal money in some way flow together,
0: mm-hmm. and they
1: corrupt politics and they corrupt our our cities (laughs) i mean a push it's about how expensive everything comes becomes in our cities and of course there is a relation to this criminal money floating in and pumping up the values of everything which is now we're all suffering it's a huge stress in our societies it's almost like we're paying taxes to the investors we don't pay taxes to our government well we do but but we also have to pay taxes to them because they that's put right. money on the roofs of our houses. It's very, uh, it's very unfair. And I think that's maybe also that the feeling I'm looking for here is that I think there is in some way a, a connection between uprisings, frustrations, anger, maybe also apathy. Uh, cynicism out there. Um, because people, people are frustrated and people are angry, but, but it's basically, I think the it's the same source of frustration is that we do what we can. We work hard. We try to study hard at school, but it's hard to really make it because the rules are rigged in some ways. So I think that's also what I'm looking for is like this, um, source of frustration and I think Mm -hmm. like in PUSH if we can understand it maybe we can also talk better about it we can also easier change it. As we said you know and already in PUSH if we want to change the world we also need to change the conversation. Lawyers, accountants, the regulators, these are the people who are supposed to be raising the alarm. Instead, they have been taught to participate in this fraud. And for them, it has become normality. Superficial wealth. It has really changed the morality of the country.
0: That's right, and to change the conversation, you actually have to understand who's saying what yeah. who ha who's controlling that conversation yeah. and i think you do a a good job in breaking social of, of exposing that it's pretty it's pretty scary and and it in the film it feels um huge to me like i mean the same way i feel in my work all the time i mean here i am sitting here i'm trying to fight the biggest private equity firm in the world i'm trying to fight pension funds I, right i mean <laughs> and you get that feeling in breaking social one of the things i like That you manage to convey is the impact on the everyday person. Without you don't, and I'll give some examples, but you don't um, you don't create victims out of the people who are suffering this. You don't don't expose them as victims because, in fact, they end up being, in many ways, the heroes in the film. Um, But you do expose the impact. For example, there's the very moving, very moving story from West Virginia, of the teachers mm. who... I mean, here's West Virginia. It's a, it's a fracking state. It's a state that's run by a Democrat, if I recall from the film. Mm. And um, he is basically controlling the state and, and extracting uh, wealth from, mm. by, through fracking and mining, mm. um, destroying mountaintops. There's that visual image... The beautiful visual that you have. The film is beautiful in many ways. There's a beautiful I- v- visual image of the mountaintops that have been kind of cut off. Mm. And there's this fracking going on. Um, but the stories of then these people in West Virginia with no money, they're, wor- they're teachers, the most assen- one of the most essential jobs. And they're driving, what, Uber in the evenings.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's also, I, I couldn't include that, but you know Trump he was giving a lot of tax, uh, he lowered the tax for a lot of these coal companies. Right. And that created this crisis in, in the state of West Virginia. So the budget went down and then they had to t- try to take away the, the teachers premiums or they had to pay more f- to for their social security. It was like it's right. it was c- quite insane. And also, I mean, in the film, you, we meet uh, the Dutch historian uh, Rutger Bregman, yes, and he and he talked very clearly about this: that the people who contribute the most in our societies, like teachers, they are the ones making least, yeah. and the people who are not really contributing to common good, they are the one who makes the money. So this yes. is like this the upside down economy <laughs> that is yes. so provocative. and 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 you know it. And if you look around, there's a lot of people doing very strange jobs who make tons of money. And then we know the nurses don't make money. You know everybody uh, who's doing something that keeps society going don't make money.
0: Yeah, Bregman has this great line where he says. Um that these guys, and it's mostly guys, go off to Harvard and Princeton, and they have to work very hard to get their degrees, and what they're being taught is to not contribute at all. Mm. They're being taught to extract only. Mm. I mean, it's it's a very powerful idea. So you have teachers and Amazon workers, like Amazon, as in Amazon, the company, Bezos's company, working, struggling people in Chile, struggling, and you know, nurses, doctors, etc., giving to society, and then you have these guys, who are paid to not give a thing. I mean, it's a that's a powerful image. And they
1: recruit the the sharpest brains
0: to that's right. do these works.
1: That doesn't really help society and it's extracting and it's uh, and they're all in which we encounter with push the the wealth management industry. I mean Blackstone is is basically a private equity fund. So they are they started up as helping the rich people to get even richer and now they are not only helping them to get richer. It's all they're also playing a very heavy political role in societies around the world so and as also sarah shay says it's not any longer you know um, one man one vote it's one dollar one vote so it's it's, it has changed and it's i think we need to talk about this
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh in a decent way or in a without shouting or pointing fingers but it it is a problem
0: yeah and i mean one of the questions I have for you is about how impenetrable is this? I mean, it seems when I, when I was watching Breaking Social both times, I had this feeling of how possible is it to dismantle what's been constructed? And, I mean, we've talked about paying taxes. So if all these rich guys just paid their taxes, Bezos and all those people— would that, is that it? Would that solve this?
1: Um, I mean, it, <laughs> it's, it's obvious that our governments and cities are poorer than they have been before in history. And that is, of course, a problem. So, of course, if everybody pays their fair share of taxes, the society will be stronger. But we should also remember that, you know, the era, these 40 years of neoliberalism, in all ways it's also it's always always been talking about taking down the public costs you know when they give money to or the world bank is lending money to argentina or to to african countries always you have to cut the public cost you know and that it means teachers and and doctors and you know public uh, employees so it's this is like a it's been on for a long time and of course it's the it it has created huge frustration and, and and societies where people don't trust their hospitals anymore and they don't i mean so i mean then with people with some money they move to private schools or to private hospitals so the old state that kind of could help everybody didn't matter if you were poor or rich you would go to school or you are you will you could get treated at, at the hospital that is been changed all over the world and of course mm. then where are we together you know it's like it's also breaking
0: up uh, society it, it makes me go back to the image of sven hughes or the moment in the film where sven hughes you take us to some i don't know where it is in england somewhere and he's gone he goes fishing and it's this sort of I don't know, late afternoon, early evening, it seems, or early, early morning, maybe. It's in the middle of the
1: night, yeah. Middle of the uh, night. It's all night fishing, yeah.
0: All night fishing, crazy. Mm. And he pulls, we see him with this fish. Mm. It's such a, I mean, it's probably the most powerful moment in the film. (laughs) He has this fish, and it's no longer in the water, and it's, you know, struggling to breathe, and he's holding down the fish, and telling it to calm down, a complete metaphor for many things, including, mm. you know, the struggling individuals, struggling society, struggling democracy, and this, you know, fish that's vibrating under <laughs> this white man's powerful hands, right? Mm. And of course, the viewer's wondering, what's going to happen to this fish? Is this, is he going to? eat this? As a vegetarian, I was alarmed. Is he going to eat this fish? (laughs) What's he doing? Um, But in that moment, what he's talking about is, of course, these networks and how they create legislation that then just benefits them and consolidates their power and breeds more power. And I guess my question for you is, you know, what's the way out from this? Is it is it a complete reset? Not just the paying of taxes—that's just one thing, as we just discussed. But is it that we need a like? Do we need a kind of social reset? A kind of, and and and—is that what we get when we start looking at what happened in Chile, yeah. for I example?
1: Mean, we we need to rewrite the rules in some ways. I, I'm, I'm quite sure about that. Yeah, and um, so that everybody's voice has the same weight. Yeah. So it's not only big money that can buy the public agenda. It's so I mean, the, so it's the rewriting of rules is something and that, of course, can be done in many different levels. I mean, uh, lobbying, and strategic communication is something that can be regulated. Um, and in, in the U.S. there are some kind of register of who is giving money to, to, to the candidates. You can I mean, that's not at all all the money because then there's a lot of money coming from think tanks or, you know, there's a lot of shadowy other structures that is not uh, presented in those. I mean, but some money you can you can follow. Uh, but in many countries, you can't follow it at all. Uh, so it's follow the money and, and regulate uh, how how politicians are getting supported. And I probably shouldn't allow campaign money coming from the private side or it has to be very uh, open. I, I can't really explain how to do that now, but um, and this is something we all should talk about. Uh, and, and the strategic communication business is it's a huge business and they are winning elections and they're winning them very often through what they call gray ops or black ops. It's like it's mm-hmm. dirty tricks how you take down the other and this are ex- again extremely skilled people yeah who do it and of course we know the the, the Cambridge analytica story with where um, facebook was used to 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 take down hillary clinton and, and boost trump it was also used to win brexit i mean so it's like money invested big big money invested to Change the outcomes of very important elections. Imagine Brexit, you know? It's, I mean, now the UK is like suffering, and a lot of people understand okay, this wasn't really good for us, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? But this is money spent by someone, probably the Russians, but also others, you know?
0: One of the things that I think when we talk about the need to change the conversation, to have this conversation that you're igniting with Breaking Social. One of the things that's so hard about doing that, to get people to understand what's going on and what these big players are doing, is that they pretend to be the good guys. And they do that, and Peter Goodman, who's the New York Times economic correspondent who's been also on Pushback Talks and has this amazing book, Davos Man, he says, and I think Bregman says it as well, that they they present themselves as good guys and they do that through philanthropy. Mm. And so rather than paying taxes like every corporation should or everyday people should, what they do is they put their money through philanthropy, and they say, look, look at this wonderful charity I'm supporting, or look at this new green product I'm promoting, or etc. And that the reason that they do that is it still allows them to control, because they control where their money's going that way.
1: That's one one story that they actually say, okay, I don't want to pay taxes, but I I can give money because I know much better where the money should be spent because I'm smarter than the government. That's like what you can hear from Bezos and from Musk and all these guys. But it's also remember, you can see a lot of these guys in the board of an arts museum or on the board of a football club. You know, Mm. the the biggest football clubs in in, in the world quite often have uh, almost like criminal money, you know, on top of it, oligarchs or Chinese rich people or, you know, um, whatever. And of course, they are buying themselves love. And it's also when you hang out with these guys and know that they support your club, it's very hard to criticize them. Mm. And that's a story that Sarah Chase is talking about in the film. They turn you into liars. Because right. you, have to, you have to be nice because they are actually in the board of the art museum. You have to hang out with them and drink champagne with them. But basically they are, uh, they are buying space into the table. You know? They invite themselves with money. Mm. And, and that's deeply problematic.
0: Mm. Sarah Chase also uh, has this great analogy with the story of Midas. She's obviously a reader of the class of, of classical literature um, because she uses classical references a few times in the film. But she talks about the story of Midas, you know, with the golden touch. And, of course, we know the end of the story with Midas because of, you know, if Midas, everything Midas touched turned to gold. So, of course, as soon as Midas tries to eat, of course, his food turns to gold mm-hmm. and he realizes that he's going to die shortly it's that seems like a pretty big alarm bell for us right and and the analogy is that everything is being financialized everything i mean in malta we have citizenship being financialized right mm. we have mountaintops being financialized in west virginia we have i mean on and on in the film there's every you you really expose how everything is being financialized our planet our planet, exactly I mean, uh, at the expense of the planet. Turn yeah.
1: into gold, but it destroys. I mean, in, we also have a in the film a, a river without. That's water. right in Chile. So it's and to actually see a river without water, it's very scary. You know, it's like a, it's. And then then it was it's
0: very powerful in the film. Mm. This. Young man is standing mm. there with mm. photos mm. of him and his brothers swimming in mm. that river, mm. and he's showing us the viewer the photos mm. while he's standing on this dry, barren river. I mean, it's shocking uh, what we're willing to do to the planet for money. That, we, that's, that's they, the, they,
1: <laughs> the money. That's the, the 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 mining companies, but it's also the the monocultural plantations with mostly avocado and other stuff that we eat yes (laughs) also the vegetarians eat (laughs) yes avocado toast (laughs) yes yeah so i mean there is a lot of things we need to talk about and that's why i want to make the film Uh, and then and uh, and hopefully i mean this in this film i also was trying in some way uh, and when in Push, I said, I think there is, I mean, is there any hope? I think the hope is in, in Push that you are doing something, you're moving something, and people are tr- fighting back. There's also hope in understanding. But in this film, there's also hope in people actually doing something. People Absolutely. that say, okay, I haven't been very active, but now I can't stay at home anymore. And there are some moments in history where people actually d- do those things. They step out Right now, we see it in Iran, for example. The women in Iran has been stepping out. And it's so powerful to see. And they Mm -hmm. are changing history, even if they're, of course, they had so much oppression and so on. But there is a lot of hope in in that. And I, I, I think we should also be there emotionally, see that change is possible if we want it.
0: I think you capture that in the film very well. uh, A few ideas around anger. I mean, I grew up in a household where anger was seen as destructive and negative. And in your film, there's a character who says, she's angry. And she says, we have nothing to lose now. We have nothing to fear because we're so down, right? We are so down socially... Economically, as people, so her anger at that was enabling her in mm. Chile to go out onto the streets and protest and and try to make change. And I think Bregman says something like, "Anger is the beginning of change. It's showing that change is about to happen."
1: It's already and happened when people are getting it's al- angry. Basically. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Change
0: has yeah. already happened when people are are showing their anger and. Mm. I think that's very powerful in the film. And maybe you can talk a little bit about those little moments of hope that you saw, for example, in Chile. Yeah, I'm, I'm,
1: I would say also like Black Lives Matter, for example, is also a thing that absolutely when suddenly people have to just step out. And it's, uh, I think those reactions are actually changing something, even if it sometimes yes. feels like you're not changing anything, but you do so it's 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 really cool and in chile uh i I've, I've been looking into many different uprisings around the world i mean there was one a big one in in lebanon that was really interesting mm-hmm. and in iraq and it's been uh the hong kong and it's been you know the the Guessing park story in in istanbul there are these moments where people just step out uh chile was interesting well first of all i was in chile showing push uh when in the midst of the uprising so my Easy. hotel was like <laughs> it was like totally water cannons and tear gas i could i mean i couldn't even find the entrance to my hotel because it was like you couldn't oh see God. it it was like totally crazy yeah. so i so i could see i mean i could see the violent side and and all of that but i think there was something in Chile that was interesting it was the demand from the people was not the classical fuck everything (laughs) Mm. it was actually demand for a new constitution it was very practical we want we need a new constitution we need new rules for our society and it was organized there was like an assembly writing a new constitution they had uh, the the are uh, different ideas the suggestion was out all over the country people were discussing in groups people who are zooming in it was like a, a big movement of how can we change the, this country and how shall we run it you know they basically they looked through i think also you were involved in giving them advice on on uh, of uh, the human right of a home so i mean yeah. it was a deep, a lot of people studying how can we do this better. I think that that very movement has, that change will stay forever in Chile, within people. The, there was a plebiscite and they lost uh, yeah. because, of course, then they got the, the whole spin against them, because the, this new constitution was giving a lot of rights to the native peoples of Chile,
0: indigenous and peoples, yeah. It,
1: yeah indigenous people and and that was then something they could spin against the right could spin against oh you want to take away the chilean flag and replace it with uh, indigenous flags it was like mm. this kind of stupid it was also an anti-abortion thing so i mean that, that's what mm. they do that's what they did with brexit also they try to turn it into something uh, tiny they pick story mm. small small story of a big cake and they try to spin that and And they were successful. Mm. And now there is a big debate on, uh, I mean, there will be a new constitution. Of course, it will be weaker or so on, but it's I think it's still a victory. I mean, a lot Mm -hmm. of people in Chile are totally disappointed and sad because they fought so hard, but I think they still they won, you know,
0: they won. It's a it's very inspiring to see in the film and from my own knowledge, I mean, You know, they took to the streets at a time, if if people will remember, I mean, we were in lockdown, there was pandemic, no one was uh, mingling with each other, they took to the streets, they, in fact, elected a new government, and then, with this view, as you say, of changing the Constitution, which is the foundation of of a society, really, it was intended to be the foundation of a society, and there's there's moments in the film of this i mean, I guess it's you, Frederick, who believes that people can make change, people can make a difference. You also have the the Amazon workers who are trying to unionize um which was a big story and it's a they're taking on the the biggest force i mean Bezos, one of the richest people in the world, going off into outer space as if it matters off the backs yeah. of his slave labor
1: I think it is quite easy to become sad and lose hope it's easy mm-hmm. to become cynical and say ah what the fuck you know it's not I better rub myself too you know you know mm. it's and and of course it's always easy to blame the immigrants or blame the other but I mean so I, for me, it's important to show that w- most of us who live in this society, in our societies, have a lot in common. It uh, doesn't matter what you vote for, but we have a lot in common. And and if we can then create rules that can make us live together, I think that's I think that's possible. Mm-hmm. And it's and as, as I said before, also it's. It's much more fun to be an optimist than to be a pessimist <laughs> <You> <laughs> because the, Definitely. Uh, the pessimists have no fun parties. You know, it's like it's so <laughs> uh, <coughs> you have to believe that things are possible. Yeah, I think th- that helps a lot. And then that's, of course, my intention with this film also. It it, mm-hmm. it reflects my my view on life, I would say, in some way.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mine, too. I mean, you see? How can I do the work I do if I don't believe we can make change? It would be impossible. And,
1: I, and I, it's in, interesting uh, because uh, Rutger Bregman got famous when he was in Davos. Yes. Crit, criticizing the philanthropist and saying, hey, you can just go home and pay your taxes. Pa- taxes, yeah. taxes, taxes. That's what it right. became viral. And then I asked him, it's not in the film, but I asked him, why did it go viral? And he said... Mm. It went viral because people, it's already out there. People understand that everybody has to pay a fair share of taxes. So it's like the, and and we now know that Biden, for example, has been saying, you know, uh, a worker who buys a cup of coffee at Starbucks is paying more tax than the billionaires are doing. I mean, so it's yes. coming from from high rank positions, and yes. and the U.S. government is now trying to make the whole world at least pay 20% of uh, of uh, of income tax, you know, of uh, company tax. So there, yes. it it is already happening. So this is like something we just have to keep pushing for.
0: Yes, you know, I learned. Um the other day, that there's a millionaires' club, billionaires' club of ultra-high-net-worth individuals who are coming together to to say, we have to pay our taxes, and we have to pay more taxes. Yeah. So there's, are, there is in this my research movement.
1: also.
0: Oh, is that right? There you go. Yeah, yeah. So I always say about your films, Frederick, you do have a bit of a light touch as well. Now, in this film... We didn't get as much humor as in some of the other films that you've made, but we did get a real attention to the role of art in making change. Mm -hmm. We have this dancer, this beautiful, of course, I love modern dance, and you have this beautiful dancer, Melissa Briones, I think her name is, um, throughout the scenes from Chile, and then you also have this muralist, this woman doing these huge murals, Paloma Rodríguez. Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah. Um, beautiful murals. I wish I had seen them in 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 real, but they're beautiful in the film and the as light well. artists also. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. The mm. light artists. Mm. How do you see this it, relationship between art and change making?
1: Art is the good thing with art is that you can actually you can be in a place where change already happened in some ways you can mm, you can right. be you can be the dream and yeah. and i think that's that's art is, is really important and and in this i mean of course in chile there's a lot of different street art all around the world there's a lot of different street art mm. but these women that i've been portraying they are they don't focus so much on hate and revenge. It's much more of sense of humor, warmth and, mm-hmm. and empowering. And it's very much about uh, feminist empowering also. And then that's a very strong part of the film, I would say, that yes, the feminist movement, uh, it's, it's also something that has changed big time. In mm. Latin America but also in other in other countries I mean in Iran for example so the women are in the lead so it's mm. that, I think that's an extremely hopeful thing in the, in, in the years we're living in in the time we're mm. living in we should just see it and applaud it and support it uh, so I think that's important for me um, It's such a
0: powerful, it is a powerful part of the film. These women in Chile who wear these red balaclava masks and it's hot and they put these masks on. You can only see their red heads and they're demanding change and they're chanting and dancing. It's incredibly powerful. And you have a female director of photography... Janice yeah.
1: Janis Davila from Sao Paulo Davila, Brazil, yeah.
0: who was also one of the directors of photography for Push. So maybe it's women who are going to save the world.
1: <laughs> I think it's impossible to change the world without women, for sure. Sure. And uh, and of course, what what women have more than men is, or they have <laughs> they have less power. But they, I mean, they. They, they they have more the perspective from down under, uh, mm. which is good if you want to make change, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see here in, in my country, Sweden, the women are the ones not voting for the extreme radical uh, the right. Uh, the hating right is much more uh. a male movement. And I, I, I would uh. say that also the, the Trump movement has a lot of that too. So it's... There are, women are smarter in many ways, I would say.
0: Hmm. Mm. I, I like that. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> I have colleagues who leave their classroom after a full day teaching and they drive Uber or they drive for DoorDash or they work in the service industry at a restaurant or a grocery store just to make ends meet.
1: We need to support each other in our struggles.
0: And we need to make sure that others know that it's not a personal failing, that we're struggling, that we're poor. It's systemic. It's the system that's in place that keeps us poor. And when we get that message to other people, that's when they're moved to cross that line. That's when they're moved to action, to do something about it. Can we talk a little bit about the making of the film? Just a little bit i just want to know how hard was it to make the film in the middle of a pandemic nightmare Uh, yeah it
1: was really (laughs) difficult it was you know it's also because the to fund a film like this Mm. everybody will ask me okay can we see the characters can we see what you have you know you right i need to film something i need to edit something to to get funders on board and as i started this project you know, you and I were out showing push big time till the very last day. It was in Prague and <laughs> everything just literally. locked down. <laughs> and uh, and then I started I tried to start up this project, but it was I couldn't go anywhere. And then I wanted to work with, with Janice from Brazil and she couldn't get to Europe. I couldn't get oh. to the US. I mean the US was locked for me one and a half year. Uh, luckily, I, I could do the Sarah Chase interview in Paris, so I mean, right, so I could, I mean, but it's still it. It I mean, it it costed me more than a year extra wow. work.
0: Yeah. And it also Incredible. costed us
1: a lot of tickets that we bought that were canceled and because the rules were constantly changing. For entry into different countries.
0: Oh right! So of it was like
1: you—you you, you couldn't plan and you couldn't call anyone to ask about the rules because nobody knew in any government. It was like, <laughs> it was <laughs> like, God. totally, totally. It was very, very difficult. Wow. Um, so I'm. But you—you
0: you made it, and yeah. now, <laughs> will you do your Kickstarter campaign? Yes, uh, you know we need to
1: we like to ignite conversations we want people to talk about uh, our films Mm -hmm. and of course for that we need some money so we are also that we are raising money so we can do this impact campaign and uh, the the slogan of the impact campaign is can we afford the rich i think that's a very relevant question i love this uh, question Bregman and, says
0: it in the film. Can yeah. we afford the rich? Yeah, and so
1: we are kicking off the campaign, and of course, as as we also do here with pushback talks, we ask people to commit, even just for a dollar or a euro, it's fine. But of course, then we ask people with some more money to put more money, and um, and we are also pre-selling screenings of the films, so we are asking. NGOs, political parties, activists to right. pre-buy a screening of the film. Um, so, I mean, and that helps a lot for us to to make the film go. This time we have already. Arrangement with distributors in quite a few countries, including Canada uh, for the, the film to be distributed theatrically, um, but again we don't have so much money they don't have so much money so it's right. if it's going to happen if people are going to come out to see it in the cinemas we need to to create the big bus and we need to create a big campaign and hopefully the film will then be used as push has been used or bike versus cars was used where people sit down and watch the film and then they talk about their own country and the, and the situation and, and, and that's what i hope for And in in this conversation, you can be someone wealthy, you can be a politician, you can be an activist or a student. I mean, everybody can join into this conversation, I think, because the film is, it sounds maybe very radical, but I don't think there's anything particular that is super radical. It's just common sense. And that's maybe the craziest thing with, with this world today that to say something that is totally common sense, say something that you teach your children, <laughs> that we teach our children,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that can't be radical, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, it's, an in, it's interesting, actually, as you say that, Frederick, because I do think there's a way in which this stuff is very complicated and we can draw maps that are crazy showing how the elites rule the world. And, and then at the end of the day, it's pretty simple, mm. right? Some people are are (laughs) are not playing by the rules and they're winning and other people are and they're losing. Like it's it's a simple story that can resonate, but we do need people to talk about it. And if we sit down
1: together and agree on, okay, this is we can all agree, you know, about this, we should just follow the rules and in, in a democracy. Uh, that's right. I think that's a big step forward. and I didn't tell you about you talked about uh, the screening now in CPH Docs in Copenhagen and, and one world mm. in uh, Prague.
0: Prague. We're actually
1: yeah. going to have uh, a screening in, in Brussels the 28th of March.
0: Ah oh, great. For
1: the, the European Parliament and the members of, oh, the, of the European Commission. and it will be with some, some big names uh, that might also have been appeared in, in this podcast. It's not confirmed Fantastic. yet, but it will be. Right. <laughs> so it's it it is um, it will be very interesting to meet the European parliamentarians. I mean, they have had a big crisis called Qatar Gate, where there was some Italian socialists who'd been bribed by the Qatari government to change legislation, European legislation. Mm-hmm. I mean, so there is there is something to talk about, also amongst politicians. And I think Absolutely. there's a lot of very nice politicians who are also very frustrated over the power of money in their life, in their political life. So I'm sure I think that's right. We, we I think it can be very interesting.
0: Absolutely. And I, w- I I can attest to how film and documentary film can play a huge role in making change. I mean, when I started talking about financialization, no one was talking about it. And then you came, or very few people were talking about it. Then you came and made this incredible film, Push. And Push has helped to change and continues to help to change conversations. So this is my plug for all our listeners out there to engage with the Kickstarter campaign and... In fact, if you give enough money, you can even get a little mention in the film somewhere at the end, rolling credits. I think my mother became an executive something producer. No, a producer. (laughs) I I don't know. Uh, So, uh, But it's really important to support filmmaking and documentary filmmaking in this film in particular. Because uh, as an advocate, I know if we're going to make the kind of change that's necessary, we need... To throw everything at it and film is a huge part of that you always say you're the filmmaker but i know you're the advocate <laughs> <laughs> i would say also
1: even if people don't have so much money please help us with the algorithms of the social yeah, media. yeah exactly so like exactly. and comment like and comment retweet share stories it helps a yeah. lot because we don't have the money uh, to to pay for the ads and so That's right. and so that kind of activity helps a lot so and, this, and the trailer is out so you can share the trailer and there is also a trailer for the Kickstarter campaign just make it happen can we afford a rich
0: answer the question I know, I know the what answer to that what do you think can we of course not <laughs> hell no <laughs> hell no hell no exactly well Frederick congratulations and let's keep talking i
1: guess we will be connecting again for much more of pushback talks we need to talk about your work
0: oh we will eventually
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's no secrets okay Uh, thanks frederick thank you
0: Pushback Talks is produced by WG Film. To support the podcast, become a patron by going to patreon.com pushbacktalks. Or follow us on social media at make underscore the shift and push underscore the film.